AJ Jones. Yes, sir. You resplendent Canadian beauty. Thank you. It's episode 240. We are going to be talking about being surprised by the power of the Holy Spirit later. Okay. We're going to start with our weekly catch-up. Take us away on this week. Oh gosh, what was what were we going to talk about from this week? We, it feels like the week was went so fast, but it was so full. And I'm trying to remember what even we did this week. Well, we had... Well, we're having to adjust because our kids are on summer vacation. Yes. And we're not. We're still at work. And they want to be with us even while we're like in Zoom meetings and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's back to the, uh, you know, trying to figure back, out how to... Back, yeah. back, foul beasts, back. <laughs> yes, we want to cuddle you. But I'm on a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that part. We we contrasted our remote learning with three in-person meetings back-to-back this week. We did. We had our all-staff meeting, our yeah. pastors meeting, our senior team meeting. All in-person. Uh, it was beautiful. And senior team involved tortilla chips. So it's always a win. That's, it's, I mean, it was a good day. You Just to follow up from a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about we were talking about vaccines, that's right. Uh, you went and got your antibodies checked. I did. Talk to us about your antibodies check. I am an antibodies boss. Which is exactly what your person said. Well, he said queen, technically. Oh. So uh, you should call me queen. You're still sky high in both. I'm sky high in both. And uh, yeah, he actually did the test. I went out, I swiped my Amex card. And uh, and then he said, you know, you can wander around, get your groceries for 15 minutes, come back. And he, then he sort of laughingly said, unless you want me to see if your short terms are up already, because if you have the short, you have the long, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, how likely is that? And he's like, well, when did you have it? I said, December. He's like, well, let's see. And then he goes in there and comes back and he goes, oh, yeah, it's already a dark line. He's like, your body is making antibodies. You are an antibody queen. You are my so, antibody queen. That's what I want to be called from now on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so we had in-person meetings. You got your antibodies checked. Anything else that you uh, started this week? <laughs> yes, I started going to counseling this week. How was going to counseling? It was much better than all of my fears screamed it was going to be. Do you know what your fear was screaming at you? Was it telling you a story? Uh, I don't know what story. Well, I just haven't historically felt safe because of a number of bad experiences with counseling that Mm -hmm. hasn't gone well. So I think uh, it was a... Which, just to clarify, we're talking like 20... 20 years ago, ago, 15 years ago. Not recent bad experiences. No, no, not recent. Uh, But just sort of like, hey, I tried that. It didn't turn out that great. I'm good. Me and Holy Spirit, we're good. Um, But then again, you know, if you've been watching the videocast or listening to the podcast, you know, last year was pretty fierce understatement and uh just thought oh i would love to just really uh be able to process in a healthy way and maybe regain some tools that sort of thing Mm. so yeah i went to see my counselor for the first time on monday and it was great i love that you're already calling them my counselor Mm -hmm. no i went to see a counselor i went to see my counselor oh yeah yeah i feel good i feel i left feeling like oh I am so glad that I made this decision, which I drove up going, what am I doing? Do I really want to do this? Is this really, you know, so yeah. Beautiful, baby. Yeah. Um, Follow up from last week. Yes. You, um, well, actually not from last week, from a couple of weeks ago, you questioned whether English people could swim. Yes. I actually had a response from a bona fide, legitimate English person. Obviously not all English people. They do have Olympic swimmers, but. I, I don't know. You, you, you. I wonder if they train in England. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Our we comment. have so many British people that listen or watch. I'm so, I love you all. It's it's not personal. Well, Mr. Will said this. AJ Jones. Oh, Mr. Will. British people uh-huh. can't swim. Who do you think we are? Our Navy conquered the known world, my dear. Oh, well, you did that in boats, my friend, not swimming. <laughs> Talk to us about the other... I've never seen Will swim, so I can't comment on Will specifically, but... (laughs) Sorry. But based on his bathing habits, you're deeply suspicious? I have some suspicions, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the other big things that uh, especially relates to your work environment is the School Supernatural Life applications are going to be closing shortly. Yes. Talk to us about the School Supernatural Life. 
Okay, so the school is an eight-month school. And uh, I mean, if you love the podcast, you would love the school. We talk about the same kinds of things. We yep. do have teachers come in from all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, but we also, Alan and I do a lot of the teaching on the school and uh, we talk about everything from like hearing God's voice and the father heart to healing and inner healing and supernatural things and seeing angels and, you know, just the sort of the whole gamut of, hey, as kingdom believers, here's some just solid foundation on a whole bunch of stuff that we we can choose to walk in and we can appropriate mm-hmm. into our walk. Uh, but we need to know about it first. We need to know how it works. And last year you did, so in the history of the school, it's always been in person. Yes. And last year for the first time ever, it was only online and not in person yes. because of COVID. Yes. This year's what? This year is both. So we are continuing to offer it online. Great. Uh and we are going to be back in person as well. So if you are local or you are looking to move or you, you know, are able to get or into you're the United able States. to get into the United States, um, you can come and you know be in this community, be at Grace Center and do the um, school in person. Mm-hmm. If you are somewhere else in the world or it just doesn't work with your work schedule to be able to do that, you want to be able to watch the teachings when you have time and all that kind of stuff, then you could do the online option. I'm super familiar, obviously, with the school, but I forget that people who are listening who might not know anything about the school might not know the just the practical things like how much does it run? Like when, or what days does it run? You know, if I come and do it in person, what would it look like? If I do it online, what would it look like? In person, it looks like uh, attending church on Sundays mm-hmm. and then you uh, have school all day, Monday, all day, Tuesday. So nine to five, basically Monday and Tuesday. The rest of the week is your own so that you can uh, have a job and pay your bills and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, during school time, you have, uh, lecture hours. You also have a small group time. Um, we have flex sessions where you learn different things. Obviously you have lunch breaks and, and, and whatnot, uh, online, you get the same teaching, the same amount of teaching. Um, but you can watch it at your own pace at home. And then you join us online once a week, depending on what year you're on, depends on what time it happens, but it'll happen on a Monday or Tuesday. Uh, where you have small group online and you also have a like an open session with whoever the speaker was who will answer questions and that kind of stuff. So when you say that they meet on Monday and Tuesday, what's the time commitment for an online student to meet on either a Monday or a Tuesday? Um, it's about two hours on either a Monday or a Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday afternoon. It might be like two and a half, but okay. it's it's right in there. And when you said, you, hey, you can watch the week's teaching on your own leisure, do they have to watch the teaching on a Monday and Tuesday at their own leisure, or they can watch the no, teaching they, whenever? No, they get released the teaching the week before, so they have a whole week to watch the teaching and uh, process it. And then that's part of what small group and then the live calls are for, is to be able to both process with the person who taught it, right. or some pastors, or your small group leader and your small group. So. Having done both, I, I love the online experience and I love the in-person experience. Yeah, they're so, both great. Yeah, I'm excited for it. When do applications close? They are due to close June 15th. And when does school start? Um, it starts, uh, I think orientation is September, it's sometime around the 7th or 8th. Okay, so right September after Labor we kick Day. off. Yeah. Okay, great. Where do people go to get more information about the school? You would go to um, gracecenter.us slash school. Very good. I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested. I'd highly encourage you to come. Uh, I've, I love teaching on the school. No matter what so year, we have like three different years. Yeah. I love teaching on all of it. Uh, I would love to meet you in person. And if you want to do it online, you get we to still s- get to see you, your we face. We still get to see yeah. you. Yeah. So it's good. Beautiful. Our main topic for this yes. week is surprised by the power of the Holy Spirit. Good. But we're not talking about the book, Surprised by the Power of the Holy Spirit. There is a phenomenal book. If you've never read Surprised by the Power of the Spirit by Dr. Jack Deere, I would highly encourage you to read it. He just re-released it, actually, a a, a new edition. We're not talking about that book, but going back in time when I was asking people, hey, if I was to write a book, what would you like to, you know, what would you read if I wrote? Somebody said, your version of Surprised by the Power of the Holy Spirit. What's interesting, let me just give you a a synopsis of the book. So Dr. Jack Deere, a theology professor, a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, a very, very conservative evangelical um, seminary, 
the the whole uh, institution is cessationist in nature. Cessationist uh, meaning that the gifts, the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit, only worked for a season while the apostles were alive. And with the closing of canon, with the apostles' death, there was no longer needed the supernatural ministry of the Holy Spirit. So today, of course, the Holy Spirit's still real, but he doesn't, you know, speaking he in tongues, do an, yeah. <laughs> uh, healings, prophecy, they're yeah. no longer for today. Right. And so that's what he preached, that's what he practiced. And then his book is about him encountering the Holy Spirit and him changing his theology and then writing basically a theological rebuttal to the present-day arguments of why cessationist is real and people like us are deceived. Fantastic book for a variety of reasons. Why did I do a synopsis? I don't know. But no. you were saying we weren't, we're not actually talking about the book. We're not talking about the book. We're talking about our own experience, which is quite funny because I too was, well, I wasn't a theology professor, but I was a cessationist. I grew up in a cessationist household. And so somebody said, I want to hear your version of how you met the Holy Spirit. I think this topic's quite funny because you're cheating because surely, I mean, you grew up largely in a, the most controversial charismatic church on the face of the planet at the time, which was known for the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. So I can't wait to he hear your version of well, being surprised by the Holy Spirit. I don't think you can say I grew up there. I didn't get there till I was like 19 or 20. Yeah, so. but you got saved when? Uh, when I was 15. Okay, so, yeah. but your formative years. before that, more new age, you know, and then it attended a, well, a conservative start, church. Tell me your story <laughs> of how you encountered the Holy Spirit. Supernatural okay. power of the Holy Spirit. Just tell me your tell me a story. Um, your well, story. I mean, you know, the back the background being not, uh, you know, growing up with some understanding of Christianity, but not that's not part of my life. Really. What does that look like? Church on Easter and Sundays. Yeah, church on Easter, Christmas. Uh, my because my dad was was an atheist. My mom was an Anglican, and my mom wanted us to go to church every Sunday, and she would go, uh, but my dad wouldn't make us go because he thought it was all a bunch of well words that we don't say on this podcast uh -huh. and so the deal that they had was if we were awake and we wanted to go then we could go but if we were still asleep he he was like just go on your own like don't wake them up to make them go so and on sundays you all practice would, being asleep i would pretend to be asleep until she left um but when we went to the cottage uh grandma and grandpa were also anglican and they went every Sunday. And I actually really loved going to their church. They went to like this little sweet little church. And so on the weekends with grandma and grandpa, I would I would go with them to church. But I still didn't realize that the whole thing was about love. I didn't, you know, I missed I missed so much of what we were doing. I just clearly because you didn't get saved till you were fifteen, right? I went and sang songs and listened to the speaker and uh, internally processed whether I agreed or didn't agree and you know and just kept all of my issues and all of my anger and all mm -hmm. of that get saved when I'm 15 get saved and start going to a Baptist church which again not a lot of room for the Holy Spirit to be up to anything well let's let's clarify that because that's one of the contentious points when charismatics talk about non-charismatics that they quote-unquote don't have the Holy Spirit and to be right. sure you cannot get saved without the Holy Spirit's right. work right and it's not that Non-charismatics don't have the Holy Spirit. That's preposterous. Right. How would you describe... We, we we just didn't talk about him. Right. So... You theologically believed he existed. Yes, he exists. But we're not sure what he's doing, really. You know, and, and he's maybe there to help you pray more or something. But I, I don't ever remember, you know, in, in four years of going to church every every single Sunday, I don't remember hearing anything about the Holy Spirit. Like, I heard about Jesus. I heard about the Father occasionally. He didn't sound like he was very friendly, though. And it was mostly about Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I just really didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit at all. Do you remember the first time you encountered the Holy Spirit? I do. I Again, I had moved to um, Toronto Airport Vineyard Christian Fellowship, um, so John and Carol's Church. And... I think really the whole reason that I wailed and cried that first time that I went was really the Holy Spirit sort of uncapping a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I probably... If you haven't heard that story, I'll put a link in the show notes. There's a couple of episodes ago. It was a beautiful story. I'll put a link to that. If you haven't heard it, it's such a great story. Yeah. So you're wailing? I'm wailing. I can't... I cannot... My whole life I'd been able to shove everything down and I just couldn't. I mean, the presence of the Holy Spirit was so strong. And this is before, like three years before the revival started in Toronto. Mm -hmm. But I just... I could not cap 
the the pain anymore. Did you know what had happened? Did you have like a a cognitive explanation for what had happened? No. Like now you're saying, oh, the Holy Spirit and the presence. Right, because now I understand. No, then at the time, I literally inside my head, I was like, get it together, get it together. What's going on? Like I had no, I had no clue. Okay. Um, but I also felt this incredible safety at the same time as I felt like I'm mm-hmm. most likely losing my mind right now. Like mm-hmm. this is probably me actually having some sort of mental break and I'm done kind of thing. Um, I didn't really know what was happening, but they didn't seem alarmed. So And nobody stopped to explain this is the Holy Spirit. Well, no, I was losing. I would mean I was... I understand yes, that. But no. in the subsequent weeks, no. when did you start having a theology for the Holy Spirit? Well, okay, so... Then a number of months later was the night that I think we've also talked about on one of the podcasts when Mark DuPont prophesied over me and that oh, that whole scenario. Tell that story because it's so beautiful as well. Okay. So um, I'm at, we used to do once a month, they would do like a area wide where they'd open up to other churches to come and it was a Sunday night thing and it was a potluck. And part of why I loved going was I got free food. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a single person, you'd bring your like bag of chips or whatever and then get to eat like something that somebody actually made a like a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you do that and then you go into the meeting. And so at this particular meeting, I think I'd been going to the church maybe about six months at the time. And uh, again, still struggling with suicides, still struggling with eating disorders, um, still, you know, just having not not a, a good go of it. But, you know, trying to trying to plug along as best I could. And so it's, you know, I'm sitting there with my friend Sandy, poor sweet Sandy. And, uh, the same Sandy, <laughs> the that, same Sandy okay. that was sitting next to me when How I lost it. How many years have passed? Oh, only probably six months, maybe. It's, okay. not, it's not that long. All but right. we're, that's where we go now. And so Sandy was like, hey, do you want to go? Because I always had to drive with her. She had a car. I didn't. So we, we were sitting there and... Uh, I see Mark walk in and I sort of mock him because of what he's wearing. You don't know him at this point. I don't know him at all. Right. Yeah. And so I see him, you know, walk in and I was like, hey, check out buddy. Like, who are his friends, you know? And uh, just, you know, he had like a long red mullet and things, you know. And uh, anyway, so I was sort of making fun of him. And I mean, not super loud, uh, but... But obviously to Sandy. And so Sandy was like, well, that's Mark DuPont. And I was like, okay. And she said, he's a prophet. And I was like, oh, sure he is. Prophesy. Did you have a grid for prophets? No, none at all. So I'm thinking prophets, Old Testament. I haven't seen anything that leads me to believe that there's prophetic things happening Would you even have now. a grid for prophetic no, things? No, I probably no. wouldn't have known it if I saw it happen. But you know that prophets were an Old Testament thing. So yeah. you're familiar with a robe, Moses, right. big beard, right. Ten Commandments. Right, shaving half your face and lying on your side. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm, I'm ready. You okay. know, I'm, you know. <laughs> Did you even know obscure things like that? Uh, I doubt it. No, okay. I right. doubt it. Yeah. I mean, I might have. I, I, at that point, I'd read the Bible through a couple times. I okay. really didn't understand anything I you're read. Like, sure, he's a prophet. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, yeah, whatever. Okay. Anyway, he gets up and, and he's just speaking. In the middle of speaking, he stops and he looks at me and he says, Sandy, who's that girl sitting next to you? And of course, I'm, you know, I, I have a fair amount of sarcasm that I was trying to, uh, well, I wasn't really trying to get healed from. But I was like, in my head, I was like, some prophet. He doesn't even know my name, you know. Sandy goes, AJ. And, and he starts by saying, uh, AJ, stand up. And so I stood up and he said, AJ, your father's dead and he's not coming back. And I was just like. That's a nice soft opening. Right. Which he, like, I've never heard him give a word like that since. Like, that sort of like, but the thing for me was, I cleaned up my father's suicide. I knew he was dead. I was the one who identified his body in the morgue. I touched his cold hand. Like, I knew he was gone. Uh, but I had managed to convince myself in this in the six months that, that uh, preceded this event. That I was, that it wasn't true, that I was going to wake up morning one morning and he was going to be there, you know, that it was all just like a nightmare. And I was having like all these super intense dreams where, you know, he would appear to me in my dreams and there was just all kinds of stuff going on. At this point, I'm also not sleeping because I have insomnia and uh, I'm not really eating. I've lost a ton of weight. I'm, I'm really not functioning that well. And I had that week... I I had been convinced that I saw my dad in the mall. So you were hallucinating. I was as well. hallucinating, and so I had literally dropped whatever I was carrying and started running after him, yelling, "Daddy, wait, wait, Daddy!" And then I ran into the bay, which is like a Macy's, 
um, and couldn't find him and just like dropped to the floor and I was bawling and they called mall security and what, you know, so nobody in that room knows that all that stuff is going on and, and that I have basically convinced myself, no, he's alive. So Mark's word, although it seems harsh, right. to outside hearers is an arrow to your heart. Yeah, and immediately got my attention for somebody who was super cynical about sure he's a prophet, you know. And then he just started walking through my life, and he didn't do it in a way that I felt uncovered. But basically, I mean, he was talking about, hey, when you were seven, you tried to take your life. He didn't say it in those exact words. It was more covering than that. When you were 13, and he, you know, he went through some, like, key events uh, a la world, word of knowledge kind of stuff. And then he started talking about what God wanted to do with my life. And so it was like, you know, the Lord wants to heal you, wants to bring your testimony, bring your life and bring healing to others. And But he, you actually have to give him your life. And the Lord mm. says to you, if you don't want your life, why don't you give it to him and see what he will do with it? And again, what nobody in that room realized was I was planning to try and kill myself for the third time. And I was like, I will make sure it works. So I'd written all the letters I'd written them to my aunt, to my cousin, you know, to my sister, like, because I thought letters were going to make them feel better, mm-hmm. you know. And so I was literally in the process of of plotting still. And because of starting to go to that church, I had put my plot on hold, but I hadn't actually gotten rid of the letters. I was just sort of waiting to see, like, mm-hmm. how's this going to turn out, you know. Uh, and so when he said that, like, I, I knew... You know, it was like, oh. Because he said something else very specific to that situation. Um, About what, the gold box? No, he he didn't. Oh, he didn't? I no, thought no, he that said that was I know, my but, aunt. Oh, that was your aunt. Yeah. Another prophetic person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he just said, yeah, he just said like, if you don't want your, if life. You don't want your life, why don't you give it to God and see what he can do with it? Mm. I remember thinking like, dude, I can barely brush my teeth in the morning. Like, I don't know how God would do anything with my life, but yeah, I don't want it. So if he wants it, he can have it, you know. Anyway, he just stopped prophesying and just went right back into preaching, like picked up the next line, you know. And I like sat down and I felt totally like what just happened. I'd never seen anybody called out like that, wow. I, you know. And and then at the end of the night, he asked for it. Like he just said something like, hey, if you feel like there's a prophetic call on your life, I would love you to stand. And you know, I think if you say that now, probably 90% of the room stands, right? right? But yeah. but there was about six people out of the 250 people there, or 200 people there, uh, who stood up. And so he had us all s- step out into the aisle, but I didn't stand. I just sat there. I was like, I don't, if that's what that was, uh, that's, I'm wow. I'm not signing up for yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. you know. And he said, AJ, that's, that's you, like, stand and come out into the aisle. And so I said, no! Like, <laughs> the whole, you know, the whole room's like, uh, anyway, and uh, he's like, it's, it's okay, you know, and I was like, okay, and so I like came out to the aisle, he didn't, he didn't, he, he wasn't any closer than this, I would say he's probably a little uh, further away, but he just started praying for, like, for joy and for life and things like that, and I fell over. And I'd never seen anybody slain in the spirit. So I thought... You'd never seen anybody fall over when never. being prayed for. Had no. you ever fallen over before? No. No. So I I was like... And then, you know, people are leaning out of their chairs looking down at me and like stretching their hands towards me or smiling. And I'm thinking, y'all call an ambulance. Like I, I'm i on the floor. I can't stand up. I, you know, I don't... So I have no idea what's going on. He's still praying. and uh, And then I start laughing. Mm. And, you know, again, this is pre-revival by a good couple of years. I just start literally, like, I'm laughing so hard. And in my head, I'm like, stop it. Nothing has changed. Like, nothing Mm -hmm. has, I'm trying to think of sad things to stop myself from laughing. I couldn't do that. My face hurt. My stomach hurt. Like, I was just like, you know, and probably, and I laugh loud. I mean, as you know. I love your laugh. I'm a. I can get your full attention with my volume. You can get neighborhood dogs full <laughs> attention with your volume. Okay, thanks so much. So uh, anyway, I did that for about 45 minutes and then it stopped and then I was still lying there for a little bit. But I was like, everybody seems okay with this and I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. But again, when I got up off the floor, uh, never struggled with suicidal thoughts th- since then, never struggled with eating disorders again since that wow. moment. Like it was like... The Lord did all this stuff that wasn't specifically mentioned, but 
by lying Joy, on the floor and laughing. Joy came in and, and a whole bunch of other stuff left. That's a prominent encounter with the Holy Spirit. You've got two now within a space of six months. Uh-huh. The first one, crying all over John. Yeah. Second one, that. When did you start getting, uh, and I want to be clear here because you can't be born again without the Holy Spirit. Yes. But I'm asking for, like, when did you realize you were having a relationship with the Holy Spirit in addition to a relationship with Jesus and the Father? Like, when did you start building a theology for this is who the Holy Spirit is and this is what he's like and this is how you cooperate with him? And do you remember that journey or story? Uh, or I mean, probably really not until after the revival started two years later. So, I mean, I think there was, I would, I could probably now look back and go, oh, the reason the room felt like that was the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And the reason, you know, the reason I decided to turn left instead of right and miss that accident mm-hmm. is because, you know, but at the time I would have just been like, that was weird mm-hmm. or that felt so great, but not actually attributing any of the things that I would now attribute to mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. I remember being in YWAM, uh, and at one point, singing a prophetic word for like 20 minutes and not realizing, like now I look back and go, oh, I was under the power of the Holy Spirit singing this prophetic word. Uh, but at the time, I was just like, that was so weird, you know, because it just started happening. And, you know, so, you know, things like that, yeah. you know, like hindsight, you go, oh, this makes so much more sense of all these other things that I didn't have a I couldn't put a pin in understanding what it was. Right. Um, so it really wasn't until after revival started and that you then began to fill in the that I started to realize, oh, if Holy Spirit did all these things, He probably also was doing all these things before, mm-hmm. and I just didn't realize. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that, darling. It is, um, you know, there's a thing in business called the burden of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, in marketing, whereas a business is trying to communicate to customers, part of the way they get tripped up is something called the burden of knowledge. They're so familiar with their product or services that they make huge amounts of assumptions and they don't communicate effectively to customers or potential customers. Right. And I think in the church, we have so much of that too, that we sure. are so accustomed to, oh, well, that's the Holy Spirit and this is the presence of God, that we forget for some people... It's brand brand new. Like, none of it makes sense. That was certainly my experience. Well, even things like, hey, go and pray about that. Nobody taught me how to do that. Right. They just, everybody just assumed I knew how. Right. Yeah. I think we do that a lot at, at church. And that was largely <laughs> my experience. I grew up as a cessationist. I grew up in a, very different from you, I grew up in a home where we valued the Word of God. Like, both my parents were first-generation Christians. I went to church three or four times a week. Uh, at services, we were we were just talking to the kids earlier about this, that we were a family that would do a Bible reading before I'd go to school in the morning. We'd have a Bible study as a family and as a, as a church on Sundays. You know, we'd have, I'd hear the gospel every single week. I remember asking the Lord Jesus into my heart. I remember being baptized or wanting to be baptized, and I remember being baptized. I remember, uh, you know, door-to-door witnessing, open-air witnessing. Like, that was my experience. There was no concept of the Holy Spirit. I'm sure we talked about the Holy Spirit I don't ever remember it. Um, the Holy Spirit was probably only there to help you understand the Bible. And sure. the yeah. whole emphasis was the Scriptures, which, by the way, is a beautiful emphasis. The Word, the Word, the Word is beautiful. I, I, I love that. I don't think there's any error in emphasizing the Word of God. And so I, when I met the Holy Spirit, I, I actually, because I'm such a nerd, I was trying to work out when I met the Holy Spirit, and I was like, I'm sure I've worked this out before. So I went through my hard drive on <laughs> okay, my computer. Okay, I can't wait for whatever and I found. I found a timeline of, course you did. of when I met the Holy Spirit, and it was November 1997. And the reason I have this is I, I drew out a pictorial timeline for members. I'll put it in our in Patreon so you can see it. I like it did this kind of like, here's my timeline, you know, met Jesus, encountered the Holy Spirit. Here's what I can trace it back to the night, November 1997. I don't know the date. It was one of the Sundays. So I've got like a 25% chance of being right. <laughs> In that season of my life, I've just had, uh, I've, I've had, you know, arguably like a, a, a breakdown. My sympathetic nervous system has shut down. I'm on uh, lithium. I have had this like manic depressive episode. I'm under psychiatric care. I am not good. And one of the charismatic people in my church, who was so sweet and, you know, she was lovely, but she invited me to her church. Now, 
As long as I'd been alive, my parents always taught me that Charismatics and Pentecostals were deceived. Like, I remember it being taught to me, like, you know, these people are deceived, that's a cult, be very, very wary, you know, and so, but because I was so angry at God, and because I was in such a broken place, I was like, I don't care, you know, I'm throwing off all these restraints, I'm going to go rebel. And so Even I'm, if they are deceived. I'm going to rebel and go to church. <laughs> yeah. And so I go to church with Laura Wild Goose, now Laura Patel. Now, I didn't no know way. this until years later. Yeah, Laura is I from didn't Edinburgh. Know that. Yep. Well, I knew she was from Edinburgh. Laura and the uh, and her friend picked me up and <gasps> Stephanie Jones. No yes. way. Yes. Stephanie and Laura and I wish I could remember her name. Okay, these are like awesome people that I know from doing the school in Toronto. Years and years and years later. I didn't put all this together until years and years and years later. I didn't know them. I'd never but how met did I Laura. Miss that? I didn't, I'd never I met didn't Stephanie. Know that. Uh, I, my only point of contact was this girl that I was in university with, and she okay. was super sweet. And she went to this church, and so she invited me to this church. And so Laura and uh, um, Stephanie and this girl, who I wish his name I could remember, pick me up and take me to this church. And it's my first. It's not my first experience in charismatic church. It was maybe my third experience of a charismatic church. Okay. Um, and I just thought it was nuts. I, I mean, there's people dancing, which I'd never seen in church. Any flags? So many flags. So many banners. Uh. You know, they were using an overhead projector. Songs I'd never even heard of. You know, people standing. People with their hands in the air, which I'd seen before, but just I felt so grossly uncomfortable. I thought this was just ridiculous. But I'm having this internal conversation with the Lord where I'm now second guessing what i've done like oh god like am i now in the devil's hold right <laughs> and yeah i'm so de- you know i'm thinking Desperate. you know even if i am like maybe a demon would be more interesting than what i've been dealing with you know like, give me like a distraction <laughs> oh my so gosh. i'm kind of like you know so i go there and the the church i don't realize the church has been impacted by the toronto blessing i don't even know what the toronto blessing is other than it's been spoken about in hushed tones in my family you know like douglas he got that like it's an he affliction. Caught, he caught yeah. something, yeah, yeah. So I'm at this church, and the guy is the pastor's preaching. Yeah. And in the middle of the, the middle, of, similar to Mark, in the middle of his preach, he stops and he looks at me and he picks me out of the crowd. And actually, you know, the first time he, he's asking, has anybody been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And so my friends are like, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, that phrase is not in my vocabulary, being baptized in the Holy Spirit despite the fact it's a perfectly biblical phrase, somehow I've completely missed that. And I'm thinking in my head, I've been baptized, I have been water baptized, and I have the Holy Spirit. Right. So I say to them, yeah. And they're like, no, but have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And I say to them, I've been baptized and I have the Holy Spirit. And so we have this little argument, and they're like, just go up. And so I go up and the guy goes to pray for me. And the next thing I, well, not the next thing I know, he prays for me and I feel like he's pushing me over. Actually, two things happen. I feel like the ground is slanted so that I'm like losing my balance and I feel like he's pushing me. And I'm like, what the heck are you doing? Like, you know, why are you pushing me? The next thing I know, I'm on the, on my f- back, which I'd seen some people fall down on the service, which ironically I was fine with. I didn't like the dancing and I didn't like the flag waving and I didn't like the, the you know, people raising their hands. But curiously, it didn't bother me that people fell down because I thought that verse where Paul says, you know, I met no man 14 years ago, whether in the body or the body, I do not know. And I thought, maybe they're going to heaven. That was what I jumped to. But here I am on the floor and I've not gone to heaven. I'm just like, well, that was weird. And I'm thinking, what's polite in these circles? Do I just get up and move back to my circle, my, my seat rather? Mm-hmm. Do I roll over and just commando crawl back to my seat so as not to appear ungrateful? And that's what I do eventually. I just go back to my seat thinking, this is such a weird church. And then halfway through the preaching, the pastor again points me out and said, you, he said, you, son, you really need prayer. And so I go out and I think, well, you got me once, you're not going to get me again. So I'm like steadfast that I am not going <gasps> to fall down. Yeah. And I don't, I don't remember a thing. Next thing, I'm on my back. And this time I am sobbing, you know, the big chest heave, <laughs> just wailing for, I don't know, half an hour, 40 minutes, I lose track of time. And now I go home that night and I'm not going home speaking in tongues. I'm not going home seeing angels. I'm not going home aware that anything's happened other than, holy mother of pearl, that is one weird church. But the reason I know that November, what did I say it was? 1997? Yes, you did. November 97. Yeah. The reason I know it was November 97 was because I traced back everything to that night. Because after that, 
I had a hunger for worship. Prior to that, I never wanted to listen to worship music. I hated it. I started reading the Bible like I'd never read before. But more than that, people would come to me and be like, what has happened to you? They would notice a change. And of course, subsequently, I started encountering the Holy Spirit. That was my first. I believe I was baptized in the Holy Spirit that night. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know what that meant. In fact, I took two years to diligently study the scriptures. And I didn't tell anybody about that experience because I thought maybe I'd been deceived. And if I had, I don't want to take any of my good evangelicals with me. Right. So I just found people who were fluent enough in the scriptures and fluent enough for the Holy Spirit that I could tell. By the way, I don't mean to be divisive here, but I could tell with some people like, do you? There's some. You, we're all Christians, but there's something different about you. And the yeah. first person was Douglas McCormick. He was, and he was a known quantity because he grew up in the same church cir- circles as me. Mm-hmm. But he got the Toronto blessing. Oh like, dear, yes. He got affected by <laughs> Toronto, but. Douglas was an amazing teacher, a phenomenal teacher. But there was something about him that everybody could recognize, even if we didn't have vocabulary for it. There is something different about him. He's probably one of the first anointed teachers I ever heard. He had an anointing to teach. And everyone, we'd love it in our church when he'd come and teach. And our church circles were still, a lot of church circles kicked Douglas out, didn't want anything to do with him. Our church was still open to it. And he, by and large, behaved when he came to our church. And mm-hmm. But such a gift. But I would just call him and meet with him for lunch and just ask him so many questions. What about this? What about that? What about that? And I started reading books. But it was around that time that I picked up Jack Deere's book, Surprised by the Power of the Holy Spirit. And it was a kiss from God because Jack systematically led me through all my scriptural objections and explained largely what had happened to me. And also introduced me to the prophetic, which I knew nothing about. Wow. And the more I began to ask the Lord for more understanding, the more he would he would show up. And I, I realized now, again, looking back, hindsight's beautiful, is that after that experience of, of meeting the Holy Spirit, that largely everything shifted for me too. I, I didn't know it at the time, but it absolutely shifted. And probably the two things that simultaneously happened, I, I like to think of it as a train track. One track was holiness. Mm-hmm. One track was gifting. Mm-hmm. And like the holiness was the Holy Spirit would show up and walk me through all my sin. Now, my understanding was you just need to never talk about your sin. Uh, just like, oh, Jesus, would you forgive me all the bad stuff I've done? But Jesus seemed insistent in showing up. And walking me through specific sins in my life, which I didn't talk to anybody about. I didn't even like thinking about myself. And here was the Lord asking me to, you know, like, not relive them, but I'd have these theophostic moments where I would relive them. And he'd walk in in the middle of them. Right. And, you know, minister to me. Right. So I hated that track. It produced great fruit, but it was horrible. Because I didn't want to revisit my sin. And yet the Holy Spirit was like, yeah, all this stuff is... That's how you deal with it, giving you a shame yeah. hangover. Yeah. You can't get free until... You, anyway, uh, that was one path. The other path was the Holy Spirit showing up in my room, in my bedroom, with his presence, uh, which I didn't know. And it took me so long to... Because I was so left-brained. And by the way, I was so hungry for it. I was so desperate. But I'd wait for the Holy Spirit and then think... Oh, that's probably just a breeze. Oh, that's mm. probably just the air conditioner. Oh, that's probably, you know, I would talk myself right. out of it. But I think my hunger, my appetite, the Lord just honored that. And that's largely how I met the Holy Spirit. And I've been so slow in my understanding. And he's been so gracious in my understanding of him. Yeah, which he always is. I feel like there's so much more we could unpack because I think for both of us, those experiences, those formative experiences, yeah. set us on the trajectory that we've been on ever since. Right. And there's lots of other encounters and things that the Lord has done, of course. So many. Yeah. And I would encourage you, like, if you're listening to this, and maybe you haven't had some of the experiences we're talking about, but as we talk about it, it excites you, I would encourage you to take that passion to the Lord. Like, Holy Spirit... I don't know what they're talking about. I'm not even sure if they're right, but I want more of it. Or if you've had experiences like that, but you realize that you haven't had them in a long time. And or perhaps, maybe you shut it down because it was scary. Or Yes. I would encourage you, like, ask for the Holy Spirit to open up. In fact, if you would let us, we'd love to pray for you right now for an impartation of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead. Do you want me to do it? Yeah. All right. Assume the prayer position. Ah. <laughs> Father, Lord, I, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
I thank you for the lightness and the joy that you always carry. Holy Spirit, you are the most optimistic person I've ever met in my life. You're always full of energy. You're always full of passion. You're always full of potential. And you're always glad to be with me and glad to be with us. And so, Lord, I'm praying right now that as our listeners are listening to this, no matter where they are on the spectrum of comfort with you, that you would come and you would Give us all a fresh touch, Lord, that you would come right now, you'd begin to move on the lives of people. Lord, if people have never been filled by your precious Holy Spirit, I know that we can't be born again without you, and we also can't be filled without you. And I ask, Lord, for everybody who's listening, if they don't know Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you would move upon their heart with conviction to know the Lord Jesus. If they do know the Lord Jesus, but they haven't been filled by you, I'm praying right now, Holy Spirit, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, that you would fill them, that you would come and overwhelm them, and that you would begin to release supernatural gifts on their life, and that they would begin to operate in a new level of conviction and devotion to the kingdom of God. And Lord, if this is whetting people's appetite, Lord, I pray that you would put upon their heart to even reach out and ask for help, that they would go speak to their pastor or they would leave us a comment. They would reach out, Lord, so that that we can help equip them um, with more of you, Lord. I thank you that, that you rescued both AJ and I, our lives from the pit. Even though we were saved, Lord, even though we had a saving relationship with Jesus, you wanted to fill us with your Holy Spirit and remove from us things like depression and suicide and eating disorders. And you want to bring us the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Lord, you're so good at adding value to our life. Mm-hmm. And I add the, ask that you would do that for everybody who's listening, an increase in peace and boldness and comfort and confidence and stillness, Lord, and boldness and all the goodness that is replete with your kingdom. Mm-hmm. So I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come right now and would you fill us all in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. So good. Do we have a listener's question? Do we have you a listener's question? that we do. We have a listener's question. And actually, you know what? You better read it to me. Okay. Because I because it's about nerdy stuff. You you can you do nerd. I'll do nerd. So Let you me just ask grab my glasses. Grab I'm, your glasses. See, the Holy Spirit told me to bring my glasses down. Oh, I just see. want to mention that. Another benefit of being filled with the Holy Spirit is you remember your reading glasses. <laughs> All right, there, there's your question. This is a great question from Bailey, and it's great because I get to nerd out and be a nerd. Okay, so it says, how do you keep your children safe with access to the internet? Uh, are there apps out there that monitor screen time and what your children are allowed to do on their devices? My children are getting older, and I have no idea how to navigate this age of social media and keeping my children safe. All right. So, Alan's our nerdy guy. I'm your nerdy. And I'll just tell you right now, the answer is yes and no. No, in that no matter what you do, kids are always going to find a way around it. Like that, I just, They could, yes. Well, they will. Okay. Right? They absolutely will. Like, your passion will drive you. So, in one sense, yeah, there's stuff you can do, but there's always workarounds. A much better solution would be to just speak to your children. Because here's the thing. At some point, you're not going to be around and your children are going to make decisions that you might not like. And so rather than keeping them hedged in so they can't, a time will come when they can. So just have a conversation with them about the danger. So this is how we've done it with our kids. We have sat down. In fact, just this week, we sat down again. This isn't the first time, but we we bring up hard topics like, hey, guys, as you grow up, you will meet people who want to see or touch your genitalia. And that's that's wrong. And I hate that that's the world you're living in. People or kids or, you yeah. know, like little friends in the neighborhood you or whatever. You will experience yeah. that. And so, uh, we, you know, so we're just trying to get ahead of that curve and saying, and as our kids have got older and older and got devices, we've, like, like our younger kids, we have locked down the internet and I'm not worried about that. And I'll talk to you about how I've locked that down. But uh, as our children have got their own cell phones, here's the thing, it's really easy for me to lock things down in my house but every cell phone has a wireless chip. And so when my kids go out of the house with a, a, a cellular-enabled device, they can bypass, or not bypass, there's no safeguards there for them. Right. Or they could borrow their friend's phone, whose parents might not be as tech-savvy as me, and use it. So I've just explained to my kids, hey, like this is what's going to happen on the internet. There's stuff called pornography, and I've explained to them what pornography is and why it's dangerous. Like, we've just had those conversations um, 
to educate them like why this is what you don't want to do. So with anything I say next will be pointless if you haven't had those conversations. And there are awkward conversations. Also, I would also say any conversation you have, that if you don't model the same behavior for them, they're largely going to watch what you do more than they're going to listen to what you say. Yeah, absolutely. So with that in mind, begins the nerdy thing. If you're using iOS devices, I can help you. If you're using any other devices, by iOS, I mean an (laughs) Apple iPhone or an Apple iPad or an Apple laptop or an Apple computer. Apple has something called Screen Time. Screen Time will send you a weekly report of what apps, how long your kids have been on their phone, what they've been doing. We've taken the unusual step. I say unusual because most parents we know don't do this. We have put zero limitations on our kids using their devices. Uh, I'm deeply suspicious of the quote-unquote research about the effects of screen time because screen time is such a nebulous term. Like screen time playing mindless video games, screen time reading books, screen time screen time doing creative work. Yeah, like, so. yeah, like our, our girls do everything from... Well, one of, I mean, Abby does all of her drawing on her screen. All of her animation, all All of her drawing on her screen. And and Tia does all of her reading is, you know, on her screen. So So we haven't put any screen limitations on our kids. We, you know, encourage them to go outside. Like, they've been outside all day today. Making money. But we don't do that. The other thing about uh, screen time (laughs) is that it allows you to put content restrictions. So we have bolted down on all of their devices Actually, we've bolted down the internet. They can't access anything on the internet unless we approve it. And so if they need to access a website, we just come, we put in a code, and it remembers that website. That's There's a lot of friction initially, mm-hmm. but they don't have access to any websites. And that works, by the way, out of the house or in the house. And they can't download new apps that we haven't checked out first. Because any apps we, they download, we get a yeah. no- notification. So that's kind of how we've done that. We also use something called Eero. Eero is our Wi-Fi router system in our house. Mm-hmm. But Eero, on top of the hardware devices, they sell something called Eero Plus, Eero Secure, I think it is. And it's like $99 a year, but you can put filters on everything. So it filters Google searches, Bing searches. It blocks content at a Wi-Fi level. So even if they borrow somebody else's device that isn't locked down, if they're here, they can't access any of that stuff. Right. Um, trying to think of what else we do that's it oh um our 14 year old have has an instagram account and we just said hey here's what's going to happen as soon as you get an instagram account creepy people are going to try and friend you so make your account private if anybody ever asks you anything that makes you feel uncomfortable tell us we've said to all our kids hey you've got these devices they've got cameras never under any circumstances take a photo of yourself naked like we just we've just up and told them now you might be thinking shouldn't that be obvious I don't it's, know. It's not. <laughs> I ended up doing a bunch of dumb stuff as a kid. And, you know, now as an adult, I was like, well, that was obvious. But uh, we just try and be as blunt and as frank as possible. And we've also said if anybody ever sends you a picture of them naked, you tell us immediately. Don't delete it. Just come and tell us immediately so we can help you with that. So we, yeah. But that's kind of an extension of how we parent. We've tried well, to. We, yeah, we do talk to them about everything. And in the hopes that also as they grow up, they're going to come and talk to us mm-hmm. about whatever they need to talk to us about. So we try and make sure that no matter what we're talking about, that it doesn't feel awkward, that it doesn't feel judgmental, that it's just like a, hey, because we love you, we want you to be aware of the potential of this. Mm-hmm. And here's some things that we would really love you to not do. And there's reasons for that. And they are this, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. So I hope that's helpful. I'll put all the links to the products I talked about in the show notes so you can reference them, Bailey. But thank you for asking that question. And if you'd like to ask us a question, you can go to alanandaj.com uh, slash ask to ask us a question. I was very Canadian. Alanandaj.com. What? <laughs> you did a Canadian A. I in did? The of it. Yeah, it was very funny. Very sweet. Uh, I want to read you something. I don't think I've I read this I am Canadian to you. still, by the way. I mean, I'm American as well, but I was born Canadian. Pick your side. It's in there. If we go to war, who are you going to? It's so hard. Let's not even think about that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to read you something. Yes. This is this is encouragement um, about the podcast we did a couple of weeks ago about COVID. Okay. But the reason I'm reading to you is, is something also really sweet. So you haven't heard this. This is from Shannon. She wrote us and she said this. Even though I work in the medical field and my mother is constantly sending me anti-COVID vaccine articles... And I'm just so over COVID. This episode still managed to keep me entirely engaged. And it's because it's not so much that I care about COVID talk, but that I love listening to you guys process about life, whatever the topic. 
Specifically, it's very helpful to watch you two interact. Last week, this is a couple of weeks ago mm. now, uh, last week was so lovely to watch AJ process and Alan respond in real time to hearing some stuff for the first time. Some of what you guys talk about is incredibly vulnerable and it's real. Thank you for the realness. Now, I read that because in the same week, I got so much feedback from our members about, hey, I love the podcast, but there's something precious about being able to watch the podcast. And if you're a regular listener, you've heard us harp on about like, hey, if you only listen to the podcast, you're getting half of the show. But based on the feedback that we're getting, people are saying, hey, there's something beautiful about watching you guys interact. If you want to get a little sampler for what those videos are like, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Alan and AJ, where you can watch an example uh, you know, of some of the footage. But I'd encourage you, if you want to be like Shannon, if you want to be moved and touched by watching the interaction that happens, then become a member. If you go to alanandaj.com slash join, you can learn all about the benefits of becoming a membership. Chief among them is getting access to the video podcast. And so we've had some members say, oh, I listen the podcast like normal yeah and then i come home and watch it uh, you know as well and it, you know when you use like a, a nice podcast client not spotify <clears throat> is most podcast clients allow you to uh have chapter support so you have a drop down menu of what we're talking about we do that on the video too so if there's bits of the video that you want to watch um our video is chaptered so you can just jump to the bits that you like there you go and finally, if you want the show notes, you can go to alanandaj.com slash 240. Bye-bye. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day, from Franklin, Tennessee. They are just like you and me. Alan yeah. and AJ. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. Sharing their yeah. life experiences. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God. And everything under the sun. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.